We've all heard of the narrative about the angry black woman. Is this a real thing? Are black women really angry? Or is there simply more to the story? Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Rashina Nicole podcast. If you are a new listener, welcome, and thank you so much for tuning in. And if you are a returning listener, welcome back, and thank you so much for continuing to listen to and follow my podcast. For today's podcast, I am joined by Ayata Moore, and today we'll be having a conversation around the narrative around the angry black woman. So without further ado, let's hop right on into the podcast. What's going on, Ayata Moore? How are you doing? Greetings. Greetings. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm okay. Um, ready to kind of have this conversation about this narrative around this angry black woman. This has kind of been something that's been on my mind for a long time, and I'm so glad to be having this conversation with you. So I think I'm going to start off by asking you, what are your thoughts around the narrative on the angry black woman? Well, I think, like you said, the word narrative is a story. It's a story that has been perpetuated by society. <laughs> I know this sounds very uh, like intense way of saying it, but basically, I don't believe that there is any one thing that is true of every person in a racial group. I feel like that is unfair to the fact that the creator made us all different. Um, so angry people are everywhere. That doesn't have anything to do with who you are in the skin you are, you know, as a, 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 a within a, a, a race, a group of people. Um, I think angry people attract angry people. And if a, a brother or a sister is attracting someone angry, they're angry too. Even if they don't think they are or express it you know, through their, through a uh, conversational matter, manner or a way of being like, if they don't do that, that doesn't mean that they're not angry. And, um, I think that because we don't know ourselves and we don't understand like the fact that everyone is always attracting someone who is reflecting them. And we cannot talk about who's angry and who's not angry in a conversation with like another person until we talk about like, are you angry? Like, because there's got to be something there. Either you yourself are angry or you believe, like they say, that all black women are angry. So it's either one of the two. It's one of the two. (laughs) As a reflection, that is always going to be part of that conversation. What do you think? I have to agree with you. I don't think that in general we are as African-American women. I don't think that we're all angry. I'm not angry. And you're not angry. I've been angry about things that have happened in my life, as Mm -hmm. we all have. You know, people in other races are angry about things that have happened in their life. But I don't think that it's fair to put that just on the African-American woman, because it seems like that is the narrative that is... Excuse me, guys. I'm so sorry for that. Sorry, Ayata Moore. But um, I think that it's unfair to put that narrative on just us when women all over are angry. Look at the feminists. They're angry for being treated less than men. And when you find, when you see those, those they're not a lot of us. They are 
Caucasian women, women that are not of color, who are most times in those movements. And they are angry. So I think that it's unfair to place that narrative specifically on us. Um, I think sometimes it's a means to degrade and downplay the African-American woman because, you know, as they say, quote unquote, and I notice I'm doing air parentheses, we are at the low, the bottom of the totem pole. So I think that that, you know, is a means to keep us there and maybe keep us in the space of being the less desirable the least the desirable woman to be with. And I feel like, I, I just feel like it's unfair. I, I, I don't, I, I'm not saying that there are some, there are not some angry African-American women out there. But what I am saying is that she's not alone in being angry. And there are some angry Caucasians. There are some angry Hispanics. There are some angry Asians. There are ang plenty of angry, other angry races out there more than just us so to to put that stipulation on us as just being the only race or class of women that is angry i just think it's unfair and i also think it comes from this whole thing of where men say we're not approachable and us not being approachable makes us less desirable but i also don't think about why when they say that why we may be unapproachable or maybe why we may come off as unapproachable when guys are approaching us. So, um, you know, that's another thing to be considered, but really those are my thoughts on it. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with it because everybody's angry. Men are angry too. So we're not the only ones. Yes. I totally, totally agree with, um, that. I feel like, um, the reason that, I know that, that sometimes when it comes to anger, anger is really like a surface emotion. Like it's something that we resort to when we feel when we feel um, certain things, which is really it's really a cover up for everything else. Disappointment, um, shame, even um, uh, protection for something like feeling like we need to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that. Because of how things have gone, they, they and how um, some people have grown up, and you know all of their surrounding their lifestyle, they may come off as angry. And I'm not saying that there's no angry men. There's gonna be, like you said, there's gonna be some angry women. But um, I think that when we see that, there needs to be a consideration for the fact that that something has happened that has caused this, the, the expression that they're leaning towards. You know, and um, I think that. It's like accept, accepting that it, it, that some people will will be outwardly angry. Accepting that is going to allow space for you know ourselves not to categorize and to also see that there are people who are not angry. Um, for those of for those who think that that's the only way to be, that's definitely not an only way to be. You know what I'm saying? Um, you don't have to protect yourself if you learn to love yourself and then therefore you will feel safe because loving yourself is learning. When you really, really like get into that conversation and walk that out, there is an innate safety that you have within knowing that you're going to be okay. Now, I can't exactly explain to you how, how the science of that works, mm -hmm. but I have definitely come to that within myself because I didn't feel safe as a child. I didn't feel safe growing up. I didn't feel safe as a woman in the world because I was taught not to trust anyone. Yeah. So you can't feel safe if you can't trust anything. You don't trust your safety. You don't trust people. You then don't trust yourself by default because on some level you, you can't. You know, however you're treating other people is really a, a reflection of how you treat yourself. 
And that even comes down to your children, you know. So, you know, if it's if that's if you're experiencing a lot of angry people with like uh, or an angry black woman situation where I know a lot of brothers will say, oh, um, you know, yeah, these sisters is just angry. A lot of sisters don't feel safe. A lot of sisters been through stuff, you know what I'm saying? So it's possible that you could meet one, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't mean that that's all there is, but it's possible that you will um, that you will meet one, you know what I'm saying? Um, so definitely, like, look inside and, um, I agree. you know, think about what that is. Yeah. I concur with that because I think that, like, to speak to your point, a lot of us didn't feel safe. I know particularly I myself did not feel safe, and I know some women who are not Caucasian, um, like one of my other friends that I um, recently um, became acquainted with, she also stated, and she's Hispanic, and she explained that she herself didn't feel safe as a child. And I think that when you are, like you said, dealing with a woman in general, try to understand if she's coming off angry, why she feels angry. Get get Be curious enough to dive underneath the layers of that anger. Get curious enough to dive underneath the layers that are her. I think a lot of people want to say this, but people don't want to take that deep dive with her. They're not interested. And especially especially the men, especially when we live in a society where it's like, oh, situationships are a thing. Everything is surface. And so when you when you look at that and you're not trying to dive deep, you're not trying to understand. It's easy to place that label on her. Because you don't know her, nor have you taken the time out. And if most times, like you said, if you got to know her, you would see that she's more than just, quote unquote, an angry black woman. She has a great personality. You know what I'm saying? She's a go getter. She's many other things. But maybe she got hurt or you don't know. Maybe she was molested when she was a child and she doesn't feel safe around men. Or maybe her father was abusive or somebody was abusive to her. You don't know why that anger that's on display, which is like you said, really something else, protection, hurt, um, sadness, many, many other things. Um, you don't know why, you don't know why it's there. So my, my advice is always to, to, like I said, be curious. Don't just assume because she comes off as a certain way that that's just how she is. It's not, it is nobody's innate nature to just be angry. It's not, we're not born that way. You know, what environment did she grow up in? Who was she around? What did she experience in her adulthood? And even if she didn't have a bad childhood, maybe something happened in her adulthood that has made her feel unsafe in the world. Or even, like I said, if she is angry or that genuinely made her angry. And maybe it just takes someone who is caring enough and interested enough and actually cares for her to dive there and help her to peel back those layers herself. Yes, yes. And that's definitely um, part of what our whole love 22 movement is is to go ahead and help um everyone to take our layers off you know so um definitely make sure you follow us on facebook and ig um so what's it's not so what is it uh sisterhood 22 on ig so that you can be tapped in um we're going to be posting coming up this next week in february and um getting that ball rolling so that we can have our first sister retreat or sister gathering that part um, which we are very excited about yes Um, (laughs) helping our sisters to heal and see themselves and and grow in love within self you know and present that self to the world 
Yes, yes. And when when we're um, also thinking about this or meeting a person who may seem like they're in protection mode, because that's really a lot of times it's like, to be honest, that's what it is. Underneath that and with that and who she is, you will probably also find that she is loving. Like every woman has had that side um, where there's the loving, the nurturer, you know, the person who cares, the the real the real them, you know. So when you're meeting an angry person, a person that comes off as angry, just know that surface. And even if you have never seen them smile, that's not all this to them. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm not saying there's no people who are unhappy, but I mean I am saying that understand that just like you have many sides, other people have many sides. Like I don't think that it's it's fair to just try to label one thing. And I know that they were doing that with brothers before they were doing it before it really became a thing for us. It seemed like that the brother yes, was the, the angry, angry black man was a whole narrative. It was a whole yes. narrative. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that it's just switched over now. And um the thing that we need to be aware of, especially for those of us who are, you know, um, of the dis- melanated descent, I'm going to say, um, so-called black, uh, the Moorish people, the Asiatics, whatever you call yourself, queens, kings, uh, whatever that is for you. <laughs> Our heavily you know, melanated us, people. Mm-hmm. Yes, that, that um, we need to um, take care of each other. I was reading something earlier where a young man was saying that, his mother had told him recently, like, be careful how you handle people. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Because you, you don't know what's going on with someone. That's and true. just out of respect for the fact that you don't know. And you should really give some space, you know, for people to, to show you themselves to be themselves. And then that is how we can also help each other. You know what I'm saying? We should not be leaving a bunch of relationships and always in shambles and no one gets any healing out of it. You should walk away with some jewels because you went through a thing with this person. You had an experience with the person and they show you yourself. So whatever it is, it's despising them. It's most likely despising you. So always look in first. You know what I'm saying? Always look in first and see what's there. Um, but we should be able to definitely like support each other in our growth, in our awareness, and um, learn, learn, teach ourselves how to have relationships that are um, uplifting, you know, like I know every mate I meet before I got married was not going to be my husband. You know what I'm saying? So I wasn't going around with this such an expectation. But if I did meet someone that I felt like was was the kind of, um, you know, I don't want to say quality, but what quality of a person like, you know, who has certain character traits then I mm-hmm. maybe would be open to that. But I always make sure that there was something constructive within that relationship. You know what I'm saying? Like we at least achieves a friendship of sorts. You know what I'm saying? I at least could tell you, like, okay, this is kind of who this person is. I can tell you this who this person is. Like, if they do this, they like this, this. You know, I can tell you, okay, they have, they maybe have an issue with this because I saw that, you know, and I can tell you how they were a reflection of me, what we had in common. What we had in common, it was love, and what we can have in common, it was um, uncomfortable for me to look at. You know what I'm saying? So I, um, so, you know, just always just be mindful of that. Like that is the quickest and easiest tool that we all have is our interactions with each other. Cause that's something that we're doing all the time, every day, most of the time. I know things change with, uh, this whole, you know, COVID situation, yeah. but you know, there's still a level of interaction. So always like, where are you in that interaction? You know what I'm saying? Where is that your reflection? How are you feeling? You know, how are you less like, 
let's talk about mental health. Like, <laughs> what is going on with you? You know what I'm saying? Um, I know I've noticed a lot more um, people have been willing to go and get uh, uh, help, um, uh, like a psychologist. Or is that the right word? It's like, like a, yeah, or a psychiatrist, I guess, whichever one they need. Yeah, yeah. I thought wrong. Counseling of any form. Yeah. Yes, counseling. There we go. Counseling, like some kind of counseling, which is excellent because if you feel like you need help, you should go get help. Like, don't try to do it alone if you feel like you need help. You know, reach out. You know, maybe you have close friends that you can talk to, or you can, um, you know, uh, go and get. Go and pay and get some help. But either way, you know, don't get a book. They have some really great books, self-help books out here. So, you know. And I have some really great books if y'all want to check out my website on www.heartofamedicinewoman.com. I definitely have a whole slew of books to choose from that have helped me along my journey, my own personal journey to healing and learning how to shift my perspective around the things that have happened in my life as well. You know, and YouTube too. YouTube is also, if you don't want to go see a therapist, YouTube has a lot oh, yes. of stuff oh, out yes. there to help people to see themselves. Yes, yes. I have also some um, emotional healing um, videos and channel sessions that got energy healing sessions available where you can actually do that. Listen, watch that on online or do, you can search um, I am attuned or Ayata Moore, I-A-A-T-A-M-O-R-E. And um, you can actually like walk yourself through a healing process. Um, I plan on doing another one of that, another one of those to kind of update, you know, that. So that'll be available on Love 22 as well. Because that's something that everyone can use. Definitely. Um, but yes, I YouTube a lot um, in my healing process. Um, and that's something we should talk about as well. Because, you know, I personally was angry. But you would never have known it. Oh, yep. You would never have known. I was known for being the positive person in every situation. I had made that a survival skill. Being positive and not showing my anger. Like, I didn't want to disturb anyone else. I didn't want to bring down anyone else because I was going away. But when it came down to it and really taking off the layers within myself, yeah, I've been angry since I was eight years old. Like, I was angry from, like, eight to my 30s. I was angry. I had no idea. I had rage inside of me. So when it came down to taking those layers off, <laughs> mm -hmm. I had a couple moments where I stepped outside of my normal behavior patterns. <laughs> <laughs> And look at he that. Your brother, you and your brother having a moment, you as a woman and him as a man, having that moment yeah. of recognizing that you guys were angry, but it was because of things that had transpired in your life. Mm -hmm. And in case in point, you were not trying to put your anger off on anyone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You didn't set out to hurt a soul. Yeah. You had it internally and then you didn't even recognize it until later on in your life. So I, I think yeah. that's something to be said. What do you feel like you were angry about? What would you say? What would you say? Some of the things were that have happened that have made. What did you discover when you realized you were angry? Why were you angry? I 
think it was mostly like the lack of freedom that I've had in my life. I feel like it was mostly that. Um, as a child, my mom was very strict and I was very curious. That was not a good look <laughs> for me doing anything I wanted to. And I think at eight, I realized, I remember being angry and saying to her, you never let me have what I want. I never get to do anything I want. And I just like ran off and went to my room and closed the door. And I knew she was probably gonna come get me with that belt because I, ta- I talked back and I ran off and I slammed the door. She didn't tell me I could go and I slammed the door. <laughs> But she didn't even come. She didn't even come. But I was like, yo. Maybe she resonated in that so, moment. Yes. So I just I just um, was angry and just bottled it up literally for so many years. Um, I think that when I did have angry moments along the way where I was outwardly angry, I, um, I would still keep it to myself. I would still go within myself. I would like go find a place to, to release it and to cry. Honestly, like a place to cry, even if we're just going to the bathroom for an extra few minutes, you know what I'm saying? And just let that come up or, you know, to a place where I could stand it, you know, um, until, you know, um, it became the point, you know, where I went through my spiritual process. But, um, yeah, it was a lot of just internal like it was like that life. It was almost like where life was be that way because I didn't actually know anything else. So, you know, it was just me holding that in from childhood and then forgetting that that moment happened. I forgot that I, did that moment ever happened until I started unfolding. And I was like, oh, yeah, I did do that. Oh, I didn't get no beating. Yo, that's great. You know what I'm saying? I'm <laughs> for everything. <laughs> Man, if I would have did that, I, I think Ray Anthony Smith would have <laughs> came and strangled me. He would have right. drugged myself exactly. from my bedroom down two sets of stairs. She was like, oh, well, she gets it now. She finally get it. Good. And I shouldn't have to have this conversation again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. That, that, that's, that's a viable option right there. Yeah. Like, oh, she understands. So we don't have to worry about this. She's not going to be able to do whatever. She's not going to be able to do anything she wants to do. So now we're clear. So, you know, I don't even need to spank her because my point got across anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think that's how she felt because I remember her face was like she wasn't even surprised I was saying anything. She was just kind of like smirking, like, like yeah, like true. yeah, such is <laughs> such is your life. That's what it is. Such is your life. <laughs> such is your life. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy. I remember that moment. I was like, she's she's unfazed by anything I'm saying. But yeah, so <laughs> yeah, no, I think I had that too. I had that too. When I came to the realization, oh, so it was, what was the thing? Was that was you? Were you angry for a similar reason as well? Or yeah, how did you I, I think I think I feel like I was angry for a lot of reasons, and I didn't realize it because, like yourself, I it would only come out when somebody did something to me, and then they got the raw. And because I was always so kind, yeah. because I knew what it was like to be hurt, and I never wanted to hurt people because exactly. I know how it feels. So. I was all, I was the person where you could do to me and poke me and poke me and poke me and then you would get the rawr. The lion would come out and then, as always, I'm the angry person because you didn't poke, poke, poke and now I'm angry. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> it's like I think when I sat down, some of the things that come to my mind were like I was hurt. I was hurt because I felt unwanted oh. as a child. Yeah. And oh, I felt yeah, I had a lot of people, you know, do things to me, you know, inappropriate things to me that's another topic i think you know that needs to be discussed is the inappropriate things that go on that happen to little kids that kids don't talk about 
And yeah. I had a lot of inappropriate things, people that were older than me doing inappropriate things to me. And so I felt unprotected by my parents, um, you know, and especially in moments when I went to my parents and said, or my mother and said, hey, this is going on. And she just dismissed it. And um, the whole thing with my family seeming to kind of dote on my sister and me kind of being left in the background, that kind of left me feeling unwanted, like I, like I shouldn't be here. Uh, or something along those lines. And then, you know, there was also um, the whole situation of, you know, then going to school and then being unaccepted in school. So it was, I just felt like I got it on all ends. And I, and I think what really was when I dug down under that anger, it was really a lot of hurt. It was a lot of hurt and lack of trust in the human race. Even though I would be kind to other people, I didn't trust a lot of people that I was around. I innately just kind of believed that they were going to hurt me, that I needed to always be in protection mode. I always had to protect myself because it wasn't safe. I wasn't safe. And um, also having to grow up with not having anything and my mother struggling as hard as she did. You know, my father, my mother divorced when I was 11 and my mother, she struggled. She struggled. And I think not having what I needed, that definitely made me angry because I was teased for not having certain things. Um, and then on top of that, then having to care for my sister and nobody was there to care for me. Like everybody cared for her, always cared for her, but I didn't have any care. And then when all the chips fell and everything was falling in my mother's life, I again had to care for her. My brother was gone at this point. So it was kind of like a, I have to care for everybody but nobody cares for me. And that, of course, started the whole me always caring for other people and putting other people above myself. And I realized that that was also underneath the anger, the neglect for my own self. And then that stemming from feeling like I got neglected and I didn't receive the things that I needed as a child to thrive in a way that I needed to thrive. Nobody ever told me I was okay. You know what I'm saying? So there was the innate belief that I was not okay. So I think that that also contributed to the anger and the hurt. But I think basically I'm saying it's anger, but I think that it was anger because it was a lot of built up hurt, pent up hurt and pent up frustration that I could not express. And then, yeah. you know, all the things that were going on with my mom and how she was treating me, you know, that was also pent up frustration. You know, and being a kid and not having the ability to do anything. Everybody's on your back, but your parent is the one that's like doing stuff to you. But everybody's on you. You know, it felt unfair. So I, I would say, yeah, that that was more along minds was a lot of hurt and, you know, feeling like life had done being injustice. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think I was also angry about like how my mother like didn't like I didn't feel loved by her. I didn't feel like she loved me. And. I felt, I think in my truth, I felt like she hated me. And um, I felt like that, like over time, it was crazy because I never actually said that to anybody, but I know, it was, and I actually had a lot of fighting with hating myself, you know, when I was younger. Um, so I got tired of that feeling. I couldn't take it. So I had to, I had to come out of that and I had to like not make it, you know, who I was. Um, I think that my mom also had that problem. Um, her upbringing was not gentler than mine. Uh, it was worse. It was worse. And mm -hmm. so um, I know that that's the trauma that we carry, that anger, um, that pain, that suffering. Um, a lot of times the stories that you have are your grandmother, great-grandmother's stories. That part. Um, yes. And, and so 
if there is a point of where you're noticing you have anger, it's also recognized like how was my parents, um, how was this my grandparents, and 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 sometimes we're the ones that have to heal all of that pain. So uh, it can be intense, you know, to go into that anger and heal because that's ultimately what you have to do. Mediate the anger. You have to go into. It. You have to let yourself have it and say, okay, you know, I'm angry. I'm angry at the world. I'm angry uh, that I have to um, consider someone this lesser than valued um, in life, in society, and then amongst my people feeling unsupported by the men in my community. Oh, yes. You know, that for me was a point of anger as well because I've only ever loved black men. Like, I've never despised them, hated them, disliked them, wanted anything to happen to them, wanted to ever find myself separate from them. I never wanted any of that. You know what I'm saying? I felt like at the point in which the world kind of made it a demonstration that you know, look, even your man doesn't want you was like, damn, you know, like, yeah, that, that would, that's what it was for me. It was like, it was a damn moment. It was a moment I had to sit and be like, yo, is this real? Like, yes. yo, is this true? Um, Sorry and, about um, that, y'all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I mean, at some point I had to reconcile, like, what it meant to be a black woman, like in that title, a so you know, black woman, so called black woman. I say so called because, in um, case for y'all don't know, but you probably don't. I am Moorish American, which means that I just claim my nationality, which most of us in America are Moorish American. And so, um, you know, the title black is actually against the law to be called black. Um, and it is a, um, um, what, what, how do I want to say this? It's mm-hmm. not really who you are, it's a color. You know, it's a color. Right. It's not an identity. It's not an ethnicity. It's a color. And melanated, that's melanation is a melanate is a chemical. So we're not a chemical or a color. You know, we are a human being. And um, you know, we can we can delve into that and learn more about, you know, why we don't we shouldn't um take these titles in. But I'm not gonna do that right now. I just wanted to point that out because you're gonna hear me say so called a lot when it comes to that. You know, it's, um, it's it's so funny because I really want you to tap back on that whole um part of because I kind of want to go a little bit deeper with that with the whole yeah. our men not wanting us that yeah. that really okay, yeah. hit hard. You know, as as a yeah. woman, especially you know, I I am a single mother, and you you'll hear everybody say, "Oh, you chose that." You're yeah. right. I did. I did. I did choose to have both of my children, but never. Was I aware that either one of the fathers would not really be there? My my daughter's father, he did not have any children when I met him. And my daughter was our first child. And for whatever reason, we, we, we had issues and he just kind of opted not to be there. Whatever reason, I don't know. But I never thought in a million years, and this is honest, that he would not be there. And then that made me scared to have my, my son um, to get pregnant again. And then I winded up getting pregnant by accident. And this is my truth. I'll be honest. I did not want to keep that pregnancy. I definitely consider terminating it. But unfortunately, the way my body is set up, you know, and where I was at that point in my life, um, as far as financially, you know, I couldn't get what I needed until I could get a positive pregnancy test. And my body is set up in the way, in the means where like I, my, I don't produce enough hormones, or at least that's what my doctor said till I'm like a little while, a little ways past the three month marker. So in order to get the assistance that I needed, I needed to get a positive pregnancy test. So by the time I got a positive pregnancy test, my son's father was not willing to take me anywhere 
out of the state to get an abortion. And he was also, he, he also had one child and he was very good with that kid. So when I knew I had to have this child, I um, did not think that he was not going to be there because of the person he had showed me that he was when we first met. So when he, when we broke up and when we broke up and um, as during my pregnancy and then he just was not present and then also not present for our son for a while after he was born and then kind of just kind of being present and not throughout the years. I, I did not expect that. I was very much shocked. So when I'm hearing this narrative about the black men don't want the black woman, I think that really stunned because I began to think about my situations and how, you know, the differences that me and the fathers had and they were not willing to to stick around. I thought I was going to marry my first my my daughter's father, my first child's father. I never thought that we him and I were going to be apart. We made plans for him to go into the military and I was going to follow and all that other great stuff and just none of that panned out. So I just kind of also, while I'm touching on it, want to get rid of this narrative that all women who wind up pregnant by a man know that they're not going to be there. That's not the case. That's not it. And every situation is different. So, um, yeah, but with that, with that going on and then hearing that narrative, it just really made me think like dad. So I am a black woman with two kids and I'm unwanted by the black man. And then considering how that played out in my relationships with the fathers of my children, I think that was like very hurtful, extremely hurtful because it's just like as a black woman, most of us want to be with a black man. And so for black men to be out here and kind of berating us and saying these things about us, harsh things about us, it's 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 discouraging, especially as a single woman who's not married. Um, I I will be honest, I am a little bit more open with who I marry because I just want who spirit has for me. Um, but I love the black man. I, my my son is African American. I love both of my children's fathers. There will always be respect there. Would never do anything to harm them. But I think I just don't I don't understand that narrative and the pain that that causes and thinking about us being unwanted by our men and hearing men openly say, oh, I don't want a black woman. And you're black yourself. Yeah. And your mother was, and your mother was too. Was you know, <laughs> exactly. I just, I, 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 I don't understand it. Like, you know, my brother and, you know, not, 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 not demeaning him or anything because God knows I love him. He only exclusively dates, you know, he doesn't date women of color. It's not his thing. And I think initially I didn't understand it. Because I was like, well, your sisters are African-American. All your aunts are African-American. Your mom is African-American. But I don't know his experience with those women. I don't know. I know his experiences with me. And with me, I don't know how he perceives my sister. I don't know how he perceives my mother. I mean, I can only think that I do. But I also don't know how he perceives the other women in, in our family. So I can only assume that maybe that's what it is. is his experience with us maybe wasn't a great one. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, and I think that can be the case sometimes. I know I have heard sisters can say also, like, that they um, decided to uh, dip in the other pots because <laughs> they felt like uh, the brothers went right or whatever um, that reaction was. But um, the one thing that I definitely feel like I have seen is that it's not really about anybody's skin. If you have a reflection within you, even if, even if a guy says, oh, well, no, because my life is proof, I dated some angry sisters and then when I got with a white girl she wrote angry and she did blah 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 well you probably believe that white women did blah 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 but that doesn't mean that 
whatever the reflection was that you were drawing, the angry black woman is not in her as well. It doesn't mean that she doesn't have the same um, issues. You know what I'm saying? Because there is a level of, if you're walking around angry, there's a level of awareness of yourself. And then, therefore, I can even say, like, unaware of who you are as a being. Like, that you are significant, that you are valued, that you matter, that, you know, you're important, that, you know, like, these things, you know, you are one of the creator, there's no way you can nothing. So, the idea of insecurity is just, you know what I'm saying, about who you truly are. And I think that um, with the men, I'm going to say this, and I'm not saying that I'm not wrong. I think it's the case across the board, but there's something there about I don't love myself. There's something there sometimes about, you know, me and maybe I've got mommy issues, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't love my mom. Maybe I saw a flaw in my mom and my dad. You know, maybe I don't love myself. Like, these are these are things. I'm not saying that it's true across the board because sometimes love doesn't have a color. But I am saying that if there's, it is, I've seen it there. I'll but say I've seen it there. I agree. But particularly with darker skin brothers, they tend to have the hardest time with their complexion. Um, sisters too, the hardest time because we give ourselves a hard time yes. about that sometimes. So, you know, within the community, I'm going to say community, in our group. I think right? you're right. Yeah. I definitely think you're and right so, with the self-love. You're hitting that on there, the eye. Yeah, there's something there about I have to learn how to love myself. And, you know, we pick the skin we're in for a reason. It's not happenstance that you have the skin you have. You know what I'm saying? Like, you picked this for a reason. <laughs> There's something about this experience that you wanted to unfold. So, like, go within. Like, why? If you're, if because I know the um, what I was gonna say earlier about um, being the black woman, you know, so-called black woman is that's something. In order for you to be confident in that embodiment, there has to be some level of I know myself. You know what I'm saying? Because of what the everything around you gives you doesn't say you're to be loved. That's not what it says. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to be like society wise. If you were blessed to have been raised in an environment where there was cultural awareness and a level of appreciation for the woman, that is a blessing. It's not a common thing. So, you know, we don't need to act like it is. (laughs) It's changing, I think, over time as we are now. Again, we're waking up and we're realizing who we are. But that's not like. That's not what the times have brought. No, it's, it's definitely not. And yeah. I think going back to your point about, you know, the reflection part and women, people choosing outside of their race. I want to make this clear to everybody that's listening. Choosing someone outside of your race, there's nothing wrong with that. Let's be clear. That is your preference. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're saying here. What we're yeah, saying it's is... It's a personal choice. Right. But, it is you know, It is definitely a personal choice. And I think that, and I think everybody deserves it, has a right to their own choice. But what we are saying is that know that you will always draw your reflection, whether it's in a woman of color or a woman that's not of color or a man of color or a man that's not of color. No matter who you are, you will always yeah. draw your reflection. You cannot exactly. draw in someone that is not your reflection. So if that yeah. woman is angry, the, the the facts are itself. If you if you say this black woman is angry, but you also have issues with your mother, you should already know that on some level that there's there's anger inside you already. So you're drawing your reflection. You can only draw what you are. You it's impossible to draw anything other. So it's not saying that you have to be with people of your race. It's just saying know yourself. 
Know thyself. Be very self-aware and do the work on yourself. Because maybe once you do the work, you may find that you have a different experience with the very people that you're saying you're having an issue with. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's a very real part of the conversation right there. Um, I think that's the most important thing besides, yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, knowing yourself. That is the most important thing. Because that's going to determine everything in your life and how you live, how you breathe, how you how you experience, how you um, accomplish things. Like all of that is tied into what you feel like you know you are, you know. So Yes, that that's definitely that's definitely because I will say, that, you know, for myself, like the more I began to discover myself and the more I began to know, get to know who I am, the less number one angry I felt because I was dealing with the hurts underneath it and I also noticed that my ability to attract became different and and I'm saying this in friendships as well this is not just romantic relationships guys because because I know that we as African-American women have a terrible thing with berating each other bashing, bashing each other gossiping about one another being hateful towards one another, you know, hating on your sister, not wanting your sister to get ahead, having negative things to say about other black women. It's again, it's all your reflection. You treat other people how you treat yourself. So just know that if you're treating another woman like that, understand that somewhere in you, you treat yourself like that because you cannot get, you cannot, you're, you're not, you cannot get what you're not giving. I mean, you cannot get, get what how I want to say this. You know what I'm trying to say. I think I'm saying it yeah, wrong. I feel, I feel like, oh, I feel like that's, that's, that's it. Like, yeah, you can't, you can't get what you're not getting. Like, if you want love, you want acceptance, you're not going to get that if you're not giving it. You know what I'm saying? Is that what you? Uh, yes, a, exactly. Stop. You know, I just want to make that point of this, this, this is not just around romantic partners. It's around the friend circle too, because we do each other a disservice when we're sitting here bashing each other. And think about how many African-American women you heard, oh, I don't have no female friends. I don't do females. Why don't you? Because let me tell you something, whatever's inside of her, whatever's inside of all of these women that you're having an issue with, that's also inside of you too. Yes. You can't sit up here and say girls are backstabbing. How, every woman knows that she done gossiped about somebody. So if you don't want to be gossiped about, stop gossiping. Because all you're doing is getting your reflection. If you've lied to another woman and then she lies to you, again, it's always your reflection. If you're, if another woman is angry and she's treating you some kind of way, recognize that same anger in yourself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I definitely. And then not only that, learn how to have grace for your sister who has anger. Don't stoop to where she is. What yeah. would they say? When they go low, we go high. I mean, yeah. simple. Yes. True, and know true. that her anger is not is really not at you. It's at whatever she is is, is going on within her. Yeah, yeah, whatever life circumstances have um gave her the experience, uh had she withdrawn her reflection. Yeah. Man. Mm. Yeah. Because that's yeah. all we can do is draw our reflection. So I think basically our overall synopsis is basically what? So my synopsis is to me, I think, Sissy, is that um not every black woman is angry. And if she yeah. is there's a deeper tale as to why she's angry. And if you're not willing to dig deep with her, leave her alone. Don't berate her. Don't call her names. Just leave her alone. Leave her alone. Yeah. Go about your way. Respect it. It really has nothing to do. Exactly. It's not you. If she seems unapproachable, you don't know how many people have approached her and caused her harm. And maybe she doesn't like to be approached. That was my story. 
I do not like it when anybody approaches you. And Ayatama will tell you, when somebody approaches me, I automatically am on defense. Like, okay, what do you want? What, what, do, what do you want from me? And that is definitely something that I am working on. And I don't always display that. It may not come off that way to the person, but I know I'm bracing myself because I'm like, okay, what do you want from me? And life had taught me that when people want things from me, it typically comes with pain somewhere along the line. So let me fill you out before I let you in or let me be brash. So you leave me alone. So I will say, I think that I used to be a little bit uh, defensive about that too, like on approach. But um, as I got older and I realized it, like I, I, well, I tried it first. At first, I tried to be nice. What would happen? And it it went smooth. So I was like, oh, so okay. So just because I'm saying no, I don't have to. I don't have to be harsh about it. you know they're a whole person too. They got feelings too. Like mm-hmm. when was the last time that I approached somebody? You know what I'm saying? Like what does it take to do that? And for someone to approach me, I feel like, you know, I want to respect that you felt you found me attractive and you wanted to, you know, come over and see what's good. Like, that's cool. But, you know, the answer is no. As long as you don't come off disrespecting me, we're good. Like, we're good. I appreciate you, but I'm not interested right now. And people need to learn how to take rejection. You can say, hey, if the guy is just pressing, pressing, I have a boyfriend and I'm just not interested. I, I don't need no friends. I'm good. You know, because you know how to do it. <laughs> yeah. So y'all hear that, ladies. Most of the time, I respected people. I did not get disrespected back. The only time I got disrespected back was when I came off angry, to be honest. Like, that was the time I definitely that part. got disrespected back. That's the, that was you the know, part when they started like, oh, I'm going to call her B now. Because I'm mad she rejected me. That's never been my experience. That's the funniest thing. I'm always on edge, but I've never had a man disrespect me. Because I've always just been like, I'll I'll make the conversation really brief and quick, and I'll keep it moving. So it doesn't come off as rude. But ladies, I hope y'all heard what she just said. For those of you out there that are, when these men or anybody's approaching you and you just feel like you want to come off, it's, it's, it's not necessary. You can be soft in your approach and telling people to leave you alone. Like she said, you don't have to be angry and yelling or being harsh yeah. or mean to get someone to to not to leave you alone. Yeah. You know, we should talk one day about about that, about um how we present ourselves and what kind of reflections that <laughs> I think that'll be a great bounce off of this one because, you know, it's like a, the angry back woman, what is she displaying? And I think that would be the a great bounce off of yeah, of this. I noticed it. I noticed when I, I had at one point when I was um in my mid twenties I switched up how I was dressing and I decided like I was tired of wearing tight jeans. I was tired of like how they rub on your skin and, and I was like, eh, all right, I'm gonna just take a break. So I started wearing um, you know, loose flowy skirts because I could have freedom. I could move, I could open my legs, I could like I was like, yo, this is great compared to those jeans. Yeah. Because um, I was wearing jeans all the time. It was a protection thing for me. Like, I had to wear the jeans. It was a mental thing that was going on there. So I wore jeans all the time. And I had, like, little slight tomboyish, like, traits and characteristics about how I dressed. And um, <laughs> I decided to go ahead and start wearing these skirts and um, switch it up a little bit. And so I noticed, honestly, the kind of people who approached me. It wasn't even honestly a change necessarily in who approached me. It was what they said to me. When I started wearing the loose flowing skirt, even if I had on the tight shirt or whatever was going on with my shirt, you know, I used to like crop tops and tanks and all that type stuff. But, you know, they would actually approach me with some respect. Like, peace queen. Like, oh, what'd you say? Okay. 
I was like, let me find out if I change my clothes, I can get some more, you know, respect. <laughs> that part. So I thought that was me. That yes, was all fun. in how you're presenting yourself. Yeah, we definitely have to do a whole podcast yeah. on that. That's going to be <laughs> fun. Maybe we'll even have some extra people on the line yeah, to talk about good. that because... I think that's going to be a great conversation. So y'all look out for that one about, you know, how you present yourself and how it can be perceived. I think we need some males on this, on that one too. Yeah, we might have to diversify. Yeah, have to that diversify one. that one. So, yeah. That but do you have anything else that you want to make? Any final comments that you want to, I guess, make honestly, to the audience about honestly, this? Sisters, man, I love y'all so much. Like, yeah, I don't even know if y'all gonna even know how much I just love sisters. Like the essence, the beauty, the we are just magnificent. And I just want to remind you that, like, yo, you are God in the flesh, sis. Like, come on, like, get with it. Like, love yourself. I got love for you. Come visit me. Come, come hit me up. Like, I, I just want to like uh, help you to love you. Okay. Tell them like, where they can find you. Where can they just, find you? Yes. Oh, they can find me at um, IamAttuned.com. You can click um, on this in the main screen. There's an option to set up appointments. Um, you can check out my services at, after you click on that button. Um, also, you can uh, meet me on IG, YouTube, and Facebook. Those are the main platforms I'm on. Um, again, you can search I Am Attuned or Ayata Moore, Giselle, I-A-A. T-A-M-O-R-E. And um, hit me up on any of the messengers. I will respond. Um, also, my business contact information is on those platforms. So, yes. All right. And guys, you all know that y'all can find me at www.heartofamedicinewoman.com. There you'll find my blog. Um, I do have some other wonderful things going on on that website, my services. Um, I have a place where you can shop at all things Nikki, you know, just kind of get an idea of, you know, who I am and what I like. But yeah, definitely go and check me out. Um, I am offering coaching services at the moment. So definitely um, if you're interested in being coached or you would like um, to assist us with healing, go to again, www.heartofamedicinewoman.com or you can find me on Instagram at Rashina Nicole and my website is also up there as well but for those of you who listened to the end of this video thank you so much we so greatly appreciate you for tuning in um, definitely please like subscribe rate my podcast let me know how I'm doing how me and Ayala Moore is are doing how you are enjoying our Saturday conversations um, also look out like she said for love 22 it's also coming. I should have mentioned that before, but it's also definitely coming. And it's going to be, um, we'll give more information on that in the next podcast as well. But yes, thank you guys again. Like I said, so much. Share this podcast with your friends and family. So maybe we can get some more talk around this narrative around the angry black woman. And that's all. So until next time on the Rashida Nicole podcast.